Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. He weighs both sides of the story and chooses what's right over what's wrong. More Roy Green on the Chorus Radio Network. Thank you for making this program part of your weekend in January. On the Chorus Radio Network, the Roy Green Show. So you heard Andrew Scheer, leader of the Conservative Party of Canada. We had, thank you for giving us 20 minutes, Mr. Scheer. Could have used a couple of hours to get into specifics of issues, but time always chases along. Now, before we say our customary Saturday hello to Catherine Swift, Linda Leatherdale, and Michelle Simpson, the beauties, let's just have a listen to a little bit of what Andrew Scheer said to us in the last half hour. Conservatives and liberals and NDP, we, we can agree, on, uh, we can disagree on issues, but sometimes we can understand where someone's coming from. You know, if a, if a member of the NDP wants to bring in a, a new measure, you know, we, we think they're misguided. We we think that they uh, they don't understand that the consequences will be worse. Uh, but we can understand their starting point. On this one, I, I got to tell you, I have no idea. Uh, where it's coming from. It, it, it's so dangerously naive. And to your point about do other liberals uh, disagree with him, his own public security minister, Ralph Goodale, publicly stated that the ability, the odds of being able to rehabilitate people like this is, is next to zero. And just a few days later, the prime minister comes out and, and contradicts his own expert on, on this issue. So there's my... Uh, I'd asked him about the ISIS terrorist members being allowed back into the country. And the prime minister's rather unbelievable. Actually, it is. It's unbelievable that a prime minister of Canada would say that individuals like that who joined a genocidal group could be, quote, extraordinary, end quote, contributors to Canada. And I just want to play you a little bit of what Justin Trudeau said to CHML's Bill Kelly in Hamilton on Wednesday before the prime minister made his way to McMaster University and just wowed the crowd. Well, sort of. Here, have a listen. Well, I think, uh, as as I said clearly, uh, uh, obviously on on any question of, of vacations, uh, uh, whether it's with uh, a family friend or not, uh, we're going to be clearing uh, every step of the way with the ethics commissioner in advance, uh, and that's certainly something that uh, uh, that we have learned uh, through this this whole experience. That uh, absolutely, I would have done differently if uh, if uh, if we had to do it all over again. Why the giggle? Now, why the what's the giggling about? There's nothing funny about that. And, and you insist on saying, Prime Minister Trudeau, whether it's a vacation with a family friend or not. Well, the ethics commissioner pointed out to you very clearly that she doesn't believe you when you say that the Agra Khan is a family friend and somebody you called Uncle K. Neither do I. So, it is time for the beauties. Michelle Simpson, former Liberal Member of Parliament, who sat beside... Justin Trudeau, every day she was his seatmate, and she got to hear the innermost and heartfelt feelings of Mr. Trudeau. Hello, Michelle. Hello. I never heard him as a terrorist sympathizer, though. 
Does that bother you? What man? Does it? What do you? What do you mean? Oh, it, it, it's awful, immensely, eh? Immensely scary. It's terrifying. Yep. Terrifying. Uh, Linda Leatherdale, former money editor of the Toronto Sun, now vice president of Cambria, Canada. Ms. Leatherdale, you heard Andrew Shear and Mr. Trudeau. Um, one of them is going to be the prime minister. One of them is prime minister now. One of them will be prime minister either again or for the first time after the election in 2019. What are you, You're a conservative thinker, although I think you've made a hard left turn periodically, which <laughs> scares the hell out of us. But, but what, what did you, what, you, know what did what? you hear? I mean, it's not fair to ask you what you heard with a 40-second and a 20-second soundbite. Well, I'll tell you, Andrew, it makes sense, common sense. And Trudeau, no, not at all. And this issue about rehabilitating these terrorists, come on, let's get a grip here. And there's so many issues. But, it, you know, it's always blowing out of both sides of the cheeks and giggling. Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah, he did. He, he giggled when he was talking about... Um, about uh, I think it was Cotter. I played that earlier. Bill asked him the question about about Cotter. Catherine Swift, former chair, CEO, president of the Canadian Federation of Independent Business, now working Canadians.ca, and she was offered a seat in the Senate. She knows the political ins and outs and the players probably better than most in this country. Catherine uh, Andrew Shear versus Trudeau. I one of the things I said to Andrew Shear was, as a conservative, I want to know what you're going to do for conservatives. What are you going to do? This is what we want. We don't want liberal light, and and there has to be a clear defining line for voters in this country. There has to be left and right, and somebody has to go down the middle, or should. Yes, I did. I did hear your interview with Andrew um, Roy. And I thought he, I thought the one point that he hit on, and there was a few of them, but one that really resonated with me was the whole role of government, size of government, et cetera. That government's been growing like topsy under Trudeau federally, under Wynne in Ontario, under, um, uh, uh, you know, the NDP in, in Alberta, BC has now got a left leaning, and so on and so forth. We have a lot of government in Canada. We pay dearly for the big pile of government we've got. Isn't that the and truth? I think Canadians need to ask themselves, are we getting value? I personally would say no, and I have, you know, sort of lived in that world of dealing with governments for uh, many decades, and we're not getting value for money. We're paying a ton uh, and that, that uh, of all the things Shear said, and I mean, I agreed probably with more than I disagreed with and so on, but also the, the question of Trudeau and his terrorist sympathies. I remember the Boston Marathon bombing. When, and this was kind of the first instance, at least that I can recall, where he came out and sympathized with the people that blew people's limbs off. How so? And he basically said, oh, they, they must. You know, we'd have to look at the root causes. What are, what are these poor people's problems? And so on. What a... What a, you know, what a crazy response to that horrid act of terror. Yeah. And, and that was, to me, the first indicator. And a lot of the left, let's not forget, a lot of the left love, love the Palestinians, for example, support the Palestinians as they starve their own people and invest all their money in building tunnels and bombs and, you know, letting Israel have it as well as others. So I think the Trudeau, that Trudeau trait's been around for quite a long time, actually. And he's right. got to say something for him. He's been nothing, if not consistent, at sympathizing with terrorists. Michelle, when you hear Mr. Trudeau 
talk the way he does. And I interviewed and uh, Thomas Quiggin last weekend. He's the author of the new book Submission. And um, when you missed, when you hear Justin Trudeau as Prime Minister, did he have the same policies, approaches, views when he was? sitting beside you and and was a member of the caucus the liberal caucus did he did he present these views to the rest of the liberal caucus be it uh, MPs or senators were people aware that he felt clearly the way that we understand that he does now well he didn't seem to take any kind of stand Roy except the one that represented himself and I have no idea. I know his father. He's, you know, he's trying to emulate his father. And, you know, Catherine's quite right. Root causes. We have to get to the root causes. And now he's disagreeing with Ralph Goodell on what clearly is an issue for Canadians. Um, that they do have an interest in, but would disagree vehemently with um, his stand. Yeah. Um, okay. We could carry on with Trudeau and Scheer, yeah. and we will no doubt be talking about them significantly as we meander forth through 2018. Well, let's talk about some of the other issues that we, uh, we agreed that we would get at. And uh, there was a story that was carried by Bloomberg.com. NAFTA's dead. Long live NAFTA. Let's go to The Economist first. Boy, well, this, as I think about the possible demise of NAFTA, which I guess we'll see in the next few weeks if that's going to happen, the main conclusion I reach is that everything is up in the air. Everything is 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 uh, up for grabs, basically, and I don't think I, I think it's extremely serious for Canada. NAFTA's been good for Canada, no doubt about it. Oh, the, the, you always have the opposers of it, but if you look at the tangible benefits from NAFTA, Canada has clearly been a winner. When we look at key sectors of the economy, autos is a biggie. Uh, it, there is so much uncertainty that what will happen with the auto sector if NAFTA goes down. Um, what, is, what is probably the only certainty is that the markets are going to react to it very negatively. Um, it, it's it's going to be a big mess for quite a long time. And the one thing that has always stuck in my mind, and, and a lot of other people for that matter, is the dispute resolution mechanism within NAFTA. We're a small country relative to the U.S. We need rules, because if we don't have rules, they will run roughshod over us. We've seen what's happened to softwood lumber. We saw what happened when Boeing and Bombardier got into it not too long ago. Suddenly, tariffs are up and over 20% punitive to Canada. This, this kind of thing, it, it, it isn't unimportant. Let's put it that way. I, I view it as very, very important. And also, I see a cavalier attitude by a lot of the liberal government about NAFTA. There, there, seems to, there just doesn't seem to be taking it seriously. Okay. And that's a problem. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, I'll ask Linda to, uh, to respond to what the Fraser Institute, I'll ask you all to respond 
to what the Fraser Institute uh, had to say, or they wrote. Their headline story this week was the effect of uh, uh, on Canadian families, families of changes to, uh, what am I reading here? The effect on Canadian families of changes to federal income tax and CPP payroll tax. The uh, 81% of the middle class has seen a tax increase because of decisions taken by the Trudeau government. Mr. Trudeau keeps talking about how well he's done for the middle class. Fraser Institute says taxes have gone up for 81% of the middle class. We'll come back with Catherine Lind and Michelle after this. You listen to Green, green. you might turn red. red. This is the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. I'm on Twitter at the Roy Green Show. Follow me there at the Roy Green Show. Emails to Roy at RoyGreenShow.com. There is, I believe, a real uh, enthusiasm for Justin Trudeau among many in Canada's media. And they will play that to the hilt heading to 2019. So that's one of the things that Andrew Shear has to be aware of. Mr. Singh as well, and I'm sure they are. Linda Leatherdale, Catherine Swift, Michelle Simpson, at Michelle Simpson. On uh, Twitter, at Linda Leatherdale on Twitter, and at Swifty, what is it? Oh, Swifty with an I-E-01. At S-W-I-F-T-I-E-01. Okay, you had to make it difficult. Um, (laughs) I had no choice. Somebody already grabbed the one with the Y. (laughs) Linda, so the... Linda, the the, uh, the Fraser Institute releases a report this week, the effect on Canadian families of changes to federal income tax and CPP payroll tax onto the Liberals is 81% of uh, middle-class families have seen a tax increase. What, what do you, if you're still writing the money column, mm-hmm. who are you talking to in the business community? Who are you talking to? And what's your approach to this story? Uh, well, <laughs> tax me, I am Canadian. You know, Justin Trudeau said he was going to reduce taxes for the middle class and indeed the you know with the second lowest personal income tax rate but with these other moves including cpp roy the average middle class family is going to be dishing out two thousand two hundred and sixty dollars more a year and when you look at the numbers and we've talked about it on your show so many times you know total taxes on the average canadian family eats just under 50 percent of our income so we are already paying the highest taxes in, I believe, the world, and here we go again. So it's all smoke and mirrors, and we are paying more, and it's, it's very stressful. We all know some people's incomes have not paced with inflation and the cost of living, and to pay higher taxes is going to be a burden on many. Michelle, in the, in the corridors of power, during the caucus meetings, when taxation is discussed, is there ever a consideration that's openly spoken to about the needs of the little guy? Or is it really, we need to feed our agenda machine that is most significant when the doors are closed and it's only the boys and girls from the party who are there? No, it's, it, well, it's that, and it's very self-serving. You know, they like to think that they're doing the right thing. But even in a conversation with my son this week, he said, or this past week, he said, the government's getting more on my check than I do, like collectively. And he said, that doesn't seem fair. 
I don't mind paying my fair share. But when they get more than I do, and I classify, the problem is nobody can tell me at any level of government what their definition of middle class is. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's whoever you're talking to at the time. Yeah. And yet, apparently, according to all the surveys, over 70% of people consider themselves middle class. Yeah. So the vast majority of Canadians feel, rightly or wrongly, they fit into that category, which, of course, is why politicians of every political party, let's face it, I mean, Trudeau and his ilk are, no, are not unique. All, all parties want to appeal to the middle class, which makes mm-hmm. sense. But what we're talking about here is basically a big, fat lie. The, 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 you know, the, the claim yeah. that they're doing things for the middle class when they're doing nothing of the sort. And, and that's the real problem. And they know and it. People, and they know it. And Well, of course they know it. They'd be total bozos if they didn't. Well, know let's not throw away the total bozo well, label. okay, let's not. But still, they're, they're lying through their teeth. Let's put it that way. They're just full of baloney. And bo- Canadians have to realize that, you know, don't buy the bunk. Don't buy the spin. Okay. You're getting taxed to death. And your money isn't being well spent. And that's the other part of the equation. Yeah, I've got 90 seconds, beauties. What about this week was the uh, anniversary of the birth of Sir John A. MacDonald. I know, Linda, this one really. I mean, it bothers all of you, but Linda was on the phone with me about it. Uh, Linda, the the, the pub that was the uh, building was the site of the offices of Sir John A. Law Office in Kingston. It's taken his name off the door, and there have been protests at the door. Speak to that, Linda, please. Oh, my God. It, okay, Sir John A. Macdonald, Canada's first prime minister. It was his birthday this week. This little uh, entrepreneur uh, buys the real estate um, that Sir John A. Macdonald had his law offices in, in Kingston and names it Sir John's Public House. The Catherine Elementary Teachers Federation. What are, aren't they supposed I to be I was just going to say it's union garbage. They protested, yep. and Union the guy garbage. said no. He was going to leave the sign up, and it just got so unbearable because they said that this is an insult to our indigenous so people why, residential schools. So why, beauties, in the 10 seconds we have left, is there not a, la- a national outcry? Why? Because we're Canadians and we're military. Well, we, don't, we have to stop that. Yeah. Say, you know, we have to stop that. We have to, we have to say, once in a while, we have to say, this matters to us, and damn it, we're not going to take it anymore. That's it. This is ridiculous. We can't celebrate our, our first prime minister? Okay. And celebrate him with a bottle, with so a glass of beer. Good stuff. I'm going to have a beer right now, Roy. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Confession <laughs> time. Was, they said patrons felt unsafe in this bar because of the name. Yeah. Come on. Come yeah. on. Yeah. Come on, idiots. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Okay, beauties, uh, we know that you always uh, abide by politically correct rules, so <laughs> what a pleasure. No fun in that. We'll talk to you next Saturday. For sure. Toodaloo. Toodaloo. Catherine Swift, Linda Leatherdale, Michelle Simpson.